Wright, and welcome to Fast Break Breakfast NBA Podcast. My name is Keith, here alone for a solo interview episode. The full episode with John and Chuck will be out next week. Took another week off with John and Chuck because we are just one week away from Butter or Worse previews. The Butter or Parquet Eastern Conference preview show will be next week, uh, continuing our tradition of previewing the season. If you want more John and Chuck, however, episode two of Ground Chuck, the Patreon-only show, is up right now at patreon.com slash fastbreakbreakfast. There is an exclusive episode of John and Chuck going over some NBA talk this week. That's right, Ground Chuck Episode 2. The only way to get that is joining our Patreon. Patreon.com slash fastbreakbreakfast. You got to be at the $5 level to get the bonus episodes. I think the plan is two a month. So we have two episodes a month of John and Chuck doing their own episodes. And you can only get that at patreon.com slash fastbreakbreakfast. There's not a lot of NBA stuff going on, you know, in the big picture wise. So this is kind of announcement season right now as we gear up for season five of Fast Break Breakfast. So we have that at the $5 level, the exclusive extra episodes. Also, we're signing up for our fantasy basketball drafts. Those fantasy basketball leagues will be drafting the few days before the season, probably October 11 through 15 in there. Right now to play fantasy basketball, you can sign up at the $4 level, but just a heads up, we are revamping our Patreon, and so some of the levels, we're going to lock them. So you pretty much have maybe a week or two to sign up for fantasy basketball at the $4 level because we're going to lock that $4 tier, and it's going to be $5 starting in, I can't tell you exactly when, but probably in two weeks, that $4 tier is not going to exist. So if you want to play fantasy basketball, you know you want to get involved in either a regular head-to-head, eight-category league, or you want to play in the negative fantasy international stack house of pancakes league, which was the best thing ever. If you know, you're going to be playing fantasy basketball with us, sign up in the next week or two while it's still $4 before we lock that tier. Uh, after that, it'll be $5. So again, if you know you're going to be playing fantasy basketball, all you have to do is sign up at the $4 level right now. And that will guarantee you a spot. We will get in touch with you as far as the league assignments and sign up and draft times later. And again, if you sign up at that $4 tier, you get in on the the Slack chat where we talk about basketball and movies and parenthood around the clock. You also get the bonus videos. You get all the other bonus content that's already gone up at patreon.com slash fastbreakbreakfast. And it's the best way uh, to support the show. So go ahead and do that. Sign up at patreon.com slash fastbreakbreakfast. Also, another way to support the show, and if you like fantasy sports, I'm telling you, the draft app is one of my favorite pastimes, draft.com slash fastbreak. If you're a fantasy football fan, I think you will adore it. It's simple. It's fun. You can win money. Every NFL week, I'm going to be doing multiple drafts. My username is fastbreakbreakfast. You can follow me on there. I just pretty much play with other listeners. We do a snake draft. You draft a five-man team, and then you go head-to-head either that night or that week 
for fantasy football. If you use our code FASTBREAK, you get a free $3 entry. You can join one of those bigger leagues where there's like thousands of entries to try to win a big grand prize. I'm just playing three-man drafts. We do a snake draft to draft our team. That's my team for the day. Uh, I've been having a lot of fun. I adore it for fantasy basketball. It's just a fun auxiliary to watching sports. The NFL season's back. If you play fantasy football, you might as well be playing a weekly draft. You can play me head-to-head if you want. It is really enjoyable. I I could not recommend it more. So download that app, Draft, in the iTunes Store and the Android App Store. Use the code FASTBREAK to let them know that we sent you. Draft.com slash FASTBREAK. Use the code FASTBREAK. My guest today is a comedian. He writes for Yard Barker and obviously hosts, co-hosts, doesn't even host. You're the official temporary permanent host uh, when Joey is asleep of the Round Ball Rock podcast. Sean Keen. There you go. Sean, Thank you. you. Thank you. Yeah, I was the, recently I was the temporary, temporary host of the podcast and it was very exciting, but it was also a lot of pressure. There is a constant power struggle going on at the Ramble Rock podcast. A lot of deferring mm-hmm. of power, and now I feel like the Game of Thrones has truly begun with uh, you guys actually scratching and clawing for for the official title, which I like. Yeah, it's it's intense. It's intense, but you know, competition. We we basically run it. No one's job is safe. That's you, can good. Be, you can be challenged at any time. I, so. I think that's the best way to run your team. You don't want to have set playing times where players get comfortable in their role. They need to be looking over their shoulders at every moment, knowing they could be yanked and never play again. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. from a, that, that might be from Don Nelson's coaching book. I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, mean, it, I think so. It's either that or that's uh, the art of war. Oh, or yeah, actually, Don Nelson's. I believe Don Nelson's coaching book is called The More Scotch I Drink, The Better the Playbook Gets. Yeah, I think I actually got I got Don Nelson and Brian Shaw mixed up. That was Brian Shaw's oh, co- oh, coaching right. manual. Uh, how to Relate to Millennials. Um, yank them out at all times. No, Don Nelson definitely been in the news with his incredible throwback Miami Vice look at the Hall of Fame ceremony. Kind of, uh-huh. he, he got me to watch the Hall of Fame ceremony for the first time, I think, ever. I've I've never seen I don't think I've ever seen any of the famous Hall of Fame speeches. I've never seen Michael Jordan's Hall of Fame speech. Uh there's a couple others, but when I saw when I saw Nelly with the slick back hair looking <laughs> slim and trim or, or gaunt, I guess gaunt could be used as well. Uh I was like, "Well, I got to see what this is." Uh <laughs> show, show show me Nelly. It was incredible. I've I've only I think I've only watched the the Jordan speech. Actually, oh, I watched Iversons as well, but I've I've never watched them like live. And there was just a moment when um, people I knew, like I had cousins I hadn't heard from for years, who were sending me pictures of Nelly, <laughs> just just so excited about. Uh, yeah, I mean, he looks like he's like the shady lawyer for a criminal motorcycle gang, <laughs> and. I was going to say, I, I feel disappointed when I saw the photo. It was presented to me as, hey, look at Don Nelson. Because oh. I, I, I never got the moment where I just got to see the photo and my brain would try to register. Wait, who is that? Like, I, 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 I want to know how long it would have taken me if I would have ever gotten there. Like, I don't think 
I think I would have uh, stared at it and be like, I've seen this guy in a movie. Like, who is that guy? Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, he looks he looks like he should be in like Mayans or he he does look <laughs> also for some reason the I think it's just how tan he is. Oh yeah. The pictures of him initially looked like he was on like a red carpet or something. <laughs> but I think it was just because like his own natural glow felt like he was under floodlights, basically. I, I, th- I think I would have stared at it and wrestled with <laughs> This is either the piano player from Deadwood or ah, what is it? But yeah, I'm not I'm not sure I would have ever I would have ever ended up with Nelly. But uh man, lot, talk about life goals. That's Yeah, uh, I think he I think he might have become a vegan recently. I'm trying to remember what he made some like very extreme healthy lifestyle changes in Hawaii, which also coincided with him um beginning to like aggressively grow marijuana on right. his property. So I, I don't what I don't understand how a coach goes from being overweight in the <laughs> NBA lifestyle. I guess just you know, it's the late night dinners, the nonstop food spreads I guess are around. Uh-huh. It just feels like so many of these other coaches, you know, are are putting on the gym shorts for practice, you know, at least <laughs> breaking a sweat, getting something going, but I don't know. Once he quit the NBA, he's like, well, you know what? I, I got to get in shape now. Yeah. The, well, and like in like 10 years after he quit the NBA, he made this decision at like 77. He's like, that's it. All right. How, time to, time how old is he? Shape. Do you know how old he is? Uh, he's in his 70s. I'm not sure how old he is, but he started coaching the Bucks 42 years ago. That's not after bad. After a playing career. So he's got to be. 74 minimum. Yeah, he's he's 78. Oh, okay, yeah. Which again, it's <laughs> amazing. Yeah. And he looks he looks like he could fight a bear. He really does. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah, maybe he was in the Revenant. That's right. He's oh, yeah. one of the one, one of the trappers <laughs> in the opening scene of the Revenant. <laughs> he he could be it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Beaver trapper. Anyway, you know, he would he would small he would go small on a bear, so that would speed up with speed and quickness. <laughs> that is uh, that's that's pretty funny. Uh, the other the other NBA news that uh, hasn't really been talked about enough, I guess it, it's it is creeping into mainstream uh, media coverage. Devin Booker broke his hand, but apparently might have broken his hand doing some kind of like stranger things bike outing with his teammates where he was posting them riding on bikes, you know, the day of uh, the news of hand surgery. Yeah. I, I had thought it was, I think they really spun it initially as like, it was something that was bothering his hand already. Oh, very much. But I was, I was really surprised because I was like, I don't remember him missing any time. And also why is he getting the surgery? In late August, you know, uh, so that totally makes sense. Um, but as a Bay Area fan, um, the in in like a five year span or something, um, Monte Ellis injured himself on uh, like a moped, I right. think. And then uh, earlier, Jeff Kent, former Giants second baseman, uh, also broke his hand or wrist. Uh, doing wheelies on a motorcycle during spring training. Right. And his official story was that he was washing his truck <laughs> and he, and he broke his hand, which is uh, one of my, one of my more favorite athlete excuses. Like Monte Ellis, it made sense. Cause it's like, well, at least you're, you're having fun. You're a 22 year old guy. And I think he, 
I mean, the Warriors were like real. They really like. I think it was something like a ten game suspension without pay. Oh um, yeah, because they because he lied about it. It's the, the cover up. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. The cover yeah. up was and the sin. <laughs> they were just they were just incredible dicks. But the but the Jeff Kent thing was very similar to the Devin Booker because um, he was showing off. So there were there were crowds of people watching him do wheelies, and so that that seems similar to the filming yourself right before an accident. Didn't who was it? Was it last year? Didn't someone break their hand in their hotel room in the last year? Oh, uh, that was, it, was Marcus Smart, I think. Oh, oh no, yeah. wait. He like did he punch a? It wasn't a fire extinguisher or anything, but it was like no, the fire extinguisher oh, was. Uh, that's Amari Stoudemire. Right, right. No, I thought it was like he, I thought the story that is still official was he punctured he, he punched a picture in his hotel room. Oh, that's right. And which uh, is so weird. Yeah. <laughs> which is again, I mean, it's clearly not what happened. But you know, yeah. I, I don't, I don't feel. Yeah, Marcus Smart apologizes for punching picture frame at hotel. So that's. <laughs> I don't. Yeah, there's that did not I mean, happen. You see, you see a lot of these in the NFL where um, I remember there was there was a year like in the midst of uh, former quarterback Brian Greasy. Who, who seemingly probably had an alcohol problem, um, had two different like in-home falls that sent him <laughs> to the like like where he was picked up in an ambulance, and one of them he claimed he tripped over his dog, right, and then the other one he just uh, face planted at teammate Terrell Davis's barbecue. And he said it was because of the slope of the driveway. <laughs> that slope will get you. I will say the home falls. I have some sympathy because my cat, who is not an able-bodied cat, uh-huh. just lays on the top step of our steps going to our basement. He just lays like like the top step is always or you know eighty percent of the time filled with the cat. So every now and then there's times where we're just walking you're like whoa 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 like first step is uh, yeah there's there's an animal on there and uh, and he won't learn. Well, uh, best of luck to the Suns. I I constantly make fun of that team you know on the show. I'm yeah. not I'm not I'm not a big fan <laughs> of Devin Booker, uh, but. I will say I, I, I'm, I've been getting my brain in the get ready for the season, start daydreaming about some of these uh, these NBA rosters and some uh-huh. of these cool lineups that teams can put out on the court. And I think the Suns are one of the lineups that like I want to see the most. I don't know if they'll be any good, but so I, I started coming up with these other teams. Like what are the what are the f- a handful of five man lineups that I really want to see this season? So I, I've asked you to come up with with your list as well of just some random uh-huh. five-man lineups you want to see. So I'm going to start with the Phoenix Suns, which uh-huh. I don't know if it's, you know, just the, I want to make fun of them, but <laughs> uh, I want to see, I want to see this lineup of Devin Booker, uh-huh. uh, Elia Kobo, who I'm all in on. Oh, was a French rookie point guard. Sign me up. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, uh, and, and watching him play, I, I don't know if he's going to be good necessarily, but I find him fascinating to watch. Right, right. And then, like, I, I, I'm a, I'm all ready for Trevor Ariza. Okay, uh-huh. You, uh-huh. you 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 have no interest in being on a good team. You're ready just to get a <laughs> one year contract on the Suns. Okay, I, I'll watch that. 
And then TJ Warren, I love TJ Warren's game. I'm not even, like, I'm not even joking. Like I love uh-huh. watching his mid 1980s, just all mid range attack, uh, r- kind of weirdly efficient, even though he can't shoot a three pointer. Uh, yeah, he, he feels like he should have been an all-star in like, you know, 1992 for the Cleveland Cavaliers. Right. Right. And, and so him and then putting the big guy, DeAndre Ayton, another rookie in that lineup, that's an exciting lineup. And even if you sub out a Kobo, let's say we're sliding Devin Booker to the one and putting Josh uh-huh. Jackson in who's who, you know, he can't really shoot, but I, I think it works. He's a wing. If we go Booker, Josh Jackson, Ariza, TJ Warren, DeAndre Ayton, that's league pass gold. I'm not turning that's my eyes my, away. I think that's my favorite possible way the Suns can throw their 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 lineup together. I mean, they I think they're going to play Okobo a lot, which I think is great. Um, their depth chart is so weird, though, because they essentially have no point guards listed on it and like eight forwards. Right. Um, I think they're listing Josh Jackson as the backup four, and I just think like that guy's a two. Like, like play him a shooting guard. Just I, well, let him, I don't let know. him lock dudes down. I <laughs> I lean more that he's a four than he's a two, but who knows? They do have Shaq Harrison, which he's kind of awesome. And so I loved watching him in summer league, and his name is Shaq Harrison. Like I I feel like he should be good just because of that. Right. I love that there's so many Shaqs. There's Shaqs in the NFL. There's Shaqs everywhere now. <laughs> yeah. I saw someone make the joke. Uh, um, in like 18 years is going to be awesome because there's going to be basketball players named Thanos. Which, oh, is, right. which is which is pretty funny. I don't know whose joke it was. Sorry to steal it. All right, so so uh, Sean, what's a lineup you're especially looking forward to watching this season? Okay, well I'm I'm also thinking of you know kind of a fun offensive lineup. I'm I'm ready for the Denver Nuggets to just put the pedal to the metal. Oh yeah, and I want to see. I think Isaiah Thomas could be very good there, and I want to see Isaiah Thomas along with Jamal Murray. Uh, Gary Harris out there at the three. Yeah, uh, he's so short. He's shorter than yeah. I am. <laughs> yeah, and then uh, Millsap and Jokic. Just, I I feel like that is such a turbocharged lineup that also uh, can't really stop anyone. And I'm I I think I would find that very watchable too. Yeah, just like, but but throwing those guys out there, I could see them just thinking like, no one is going to outscore us. That, with I mean, those guys. That's that's definitely their hope. I didn't pick I didn't pick the Nuggets one because I'm a Nuggets homer, so I decided, you know, I, I needed to branch out a little bit. Uh-huh. But also because I don't I don't love how the pieces fit. I feel like that Suns lineup, it's it's bizarre, but in my brain somehow it, I like I'm at peace with it. There is no five-man combination on the Denver Nuggets that my brain is at peace with. It's going to be fun. Like, it's going to be fun to watch. Like it's going to be crazy, but I don't feel like those yeah. those pieces interlock just right. Like even if you put Will Barton out there, it doesn't make sense. Like Jamal mm-hmm. Murray, if he's a two, I feel like you need to have a big one or someone who can at least I don't know guard some people. So you, your lineup is amazing. I do want to watch it desperately, but uh, it, it makes my brain uneasy. I'm hoping that Monty Morris turns out to be actually a good uh, defensive point guard. Too. So are the Nuggets. But yeah, it seems so strange for the Nuggets that they have almost like willfully not had a small forward for two years now. <laughs> right. And, and I, I don't, yeah, I, I don't know if that's Mike Malone or just this is how they do it in uh, mile high, you know? I'll, I'll lean full into my homerism. I think about this a lot. 
the perfect man on this Nuggets roster to to play three. My man Tony Allen. Oh my God! Save Tony yes. Allen. Man, Tony Allen yeah, there, who's a, he's a great cutter. He's an underrated cutter. Obviously, uh-huh. he cannot shoot, but he can play defense. He won't be looking for a shot. He'll just be catching like back cuts from Jokic. He will be pushing guys out of the way. He might lead the team, team in rebounds. I mean, his, his last season on the Grizzlies, he was the leading rebounder in the NBA that was under six foot seven. Like the, he's in, he was incredible. I know, obviously, he's old. He was hurt. He, he did absolutely nothing last year. I still have to you know, believe he's got something left in the tank and him on a minimum for the nuggets just to play some three. It seems perfect. He'd be like the toughest guy they'd had in a decade too. Yeah. I mean, it just, it seems like that's, that's who they need. Like it seems like all of the guys on the team, uh, Harris, Murray, Millsap, Jokic are all described as kind of soft-spoken. I mean, like Jamal Murray, he'll, mm-hmm. he'll, he'll trash talk and such, but apparently he's not a big vocal leader. I mean, Tony Allen's not, not like, I don't know if you'd call him a leader, but he's vocal and he, I think he inspires, you know, people. I think he's good for chemistry. So I would love to see one, the, like the farewell tour of Tony Allen to, uh, to be the glue man of this what Nuggets roster. he toughened roster? up like Jokic defensively too? Oh. Like he just, he, he gave him a little more of that, that spark. Uh, he'd be great. And it seems like if you're an old, uh, kind of injured player, I think playing at altitude is a way to give yourself a little bit of a break. Like you're you're basically playing in a hyperbaric chamber all the time. I'm not I'm not sure that science checks out, but but uh, sure. But I, I think that's where the, the I think Jameer Nelson really like rebuilt his career. That is true. Just it just just, just it feels like they I don't know it feels like that you get old guys who are in surprisingly good physical condition after playing in Denver and it takes it takes like 30% less beer to get you drunk at high altitude oh my god yeah Tony I I don't know what Tony Allen's like off off the court life is like actually it's really weird I've heard I've heard some things I've heard he does I've heard he does not mind buying shots for people so uh I, I don't think he has any trouble. He's not, he's, he's not living a, a straight edge lifestyle, which you could imagine just if you look at Tony Allen, you're like maybe he's straight edge. He could be, Yeah, maybe he's like super intense. And... <laughs> right, right. <laughs> um, all right. So I, I got so excited thinking about that, uh, that, that Tony Allen nuggets lineup, which, God which damn. by the way is what I play on 2k. Uh, my, my next lineup is a lineup that I think would make Tony Allen proud. This is imagining that Kawhi Leonard is in full fit and form and shows up to the Raptors. Mm-hmm. I think the Raptors could have a five-man lineup that could be disgusting to try to score against and would be very good on offense, too. I feel like Kyle Lowry, Danny Green, Kawhi Leonard, OG Anuobi, and Pascal Siakam would smother everyone they played, would be incredibly versatile. You might say, you know, what about Serge Ibaka? Please, Serge Ibaka no. is, is done. He is gross. Uh, <laughs> like what? Whoever I don't know who guards who, but a front court of Kawhi Leonard, OG Anuobi, and Pascal Siakam can, can, can get up and down the court, can defend anyone. And I think Kawhi and Kyle Lowry, being it's more of an old school offense where those two guys are going to have to put up 25, 30 points. But it's in my mm-hmm. mind, I feel like it works. In my mind, I feel like that's almost a championship lineup. Uh, Maybe this is a a mainstream answer, but my God, I feel like that oh, five man unit could could crush people. I was really looking at that too, and I think 
the only, I mean, I, I love, I, I really think they're going to end up playing. Uh, a, a, I think they're going to start playing Pascal at the five yeah. to close games. Yes. I think that's, I think, like, um, but I, I love thinking about that lineup and either, I don't, I, th- I think I, I think I might, I, I would love to see that with Van Vliet in for Danny Green. Like was, it's not quite I, I was as much that. of a wall, yeah. you know, but I just love that, that just the insanely intense ball pressure that you'd get from that and just super fast guys, really smart. Um, I really think they were going to throttle teams next year. I mean, it's all about, it's all about Kawhi. Like if, yeah, if, yeah, really. if Kawhi <laughs> is 2016, 17 Kawhi, who was one of the top three players in the league, certainly. And yes, my lineup, the Danny Green is a question mark. He was pretty bad last year. And it's like, uh-huh. and, and I was, I was considering like just a pure CJ miles who wasn't great last year either, but like a pure CJ uh-huh. miles out there. And I considered yeah. the, the Van Vliet. I considered, um, you know, uh, Delon Wright, like those guys that they work, um, uh-huh. but yeah, I think, I think you're right though, though that change with, with Van Fleet could be incredible. You get another creator, obviously having the short backcourt didn't go for it, but yeah, this Raptors team, I'm getting, I'm getting very juiced up for There's them. so many fun guys. It's, it's yeah, that's, I, I gotta say they're like a top three league pass team for me. Yeah. Um, even, even. yeah, cause even the, there's guys, there's guys like Norman Powell that I like that might not ever see the court at all. Yeah, that was a good contract, by the way. <laughs> Man, Norm Norm Powell, uh, four for forty. I wish we could, they could have that back. One of the like the thirty five contracts that uh, NBA GMs wish they could just erase. Uh, who, who's your next team? Who's your next five man lineup? You got Sean. Uh, so I wanted to see. I would like to see. I I think this. Okay, so I watch the Blazers a fair amount, and I just always get frustrated with seeing like Shabazz Napier out there. I mean, he's not on the team anymore, but like, I want to, I want to see them run some like late nineties sun style stuff. Just play mm. Dame Lillard, CJ McCollum and Seth Curry all together. Okay. And then, and then your bigs are Aminu and Zach Collins and oh. just spread it way out. Um, again, I guess these lineups I'm saying, are not particularly defensive, but right. I feel like Aminu and Collins can at least be kind of a deterrent. Um, they're, they're fast enough to cover a lot. Um, but I just, I just love the idea of giving those guys just a little, you know, that extra space of having a set three. and all those guys try on defense. Like it's not, it's not like a lack of effort. They're all kind of don't have the greatest, physical tools for defense, but I just want to see Portland try to just shoot the lights. Right. Out. You think, you think CJ McCollum uh, playing the three might not have the tools. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I got to say, Sean, that, that description of the, of the trailblazers, it, it was a roller coaster for me because you, uh-huh. you, you started off with a little shabazzle dazzle slander and, uh-huh. and I wasn't comfortable with that. But, but then you, but then you gave me those three guards. Seth Curry was incredible two years ago when he was healthy. Uh, you gave me three guards who could all hit pull up three pointers at a very high efficiency. So I'm like, okay, I'm in. Uh, I love Aminu. Uh-huh. I'm I'm not in on Collins. So then I'm like, I, I feel like if I could get Aminu at the five and then someone else at the oh, four, maybe yeah. like maybe I'd be interested. But like I feel like I feel like the the Trailblazers and their fans are promoting Zach Collins too early. They're like, oh yeah, we'll have him play the five. Like he's good, but I feel like, nah, he's not. 
he might be good, but I'm not seeing it yet. So it's entertaining. I love anything that goes back to those Suns teams that were starting, I think starting Wesley person at the four. It was like Rex, Rex Chapman, Kevin, Jason kid, uh, Kevin Johnson with Steve Nash off the bench. Yeah. They'd occasionally play uh, Nash Chapman uh, and kid. Right. Wait, who are, who am I leaving out? Nash Chapman, kid. They would play four point guard lineups. And Kevin where Johnson, kid was I think. like, oh yeah, Kevin Johnson, because because yeah, yeah. Chapman We're, was the, like the 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 two, but he he would size up. No, th- those were literally I, after my childhood, where I was like a Pistons bandwagon fan for the for the for the bad boys days. Then I just floated in the ether until those '90s Suns teams, where I was like, this uh-huh. is my favorite thing I've ever seen. I was a I was a, a Jason Kidd college fan, so I kind of just supported whatever team he was on for a long time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that, that son's team, I think that was a Danny Ainge team too. Weirdly. Uh, was, wait, was Danny Ainge coaching that team or was I he playing so, on yeah. that team? Yeah. That was Danny I Ainge think, back in his early. Yeah. yeah. I think it was the coach. Uh, yeah, that, that was great stuff. All right. Well, I'm going to move, uh, I'm going to move to, uh, my third team. Mm-hmm. And this is the Houston Rockets. The Houston Rockets have a lot of firepower, and maybe they've gotten some criticism for the moves they've made this offseason. But just just imagine rolling this five man lineup out there: uh-huh. Brandon Knight, Michael Carter Williams, oh my god, James Ennis, Carmelo Anthony, and Marquise Chris at the five. Oh, oh hell oh. yes! Oh my god, Daryl Morey, write a song about that. <laughs> I feel like there's so much. So much rich personality with those guys too, <laughs> like like loss and arrogance, and they've all had they've all had a lot of setbacks. Many many of those have just been self created setbacks. Um, do they have Beasley on their bench too? Oh no, he's a no, Laker. He's on the he's Lakers. A Laker. Oh, I gotta that say, uh, honorable mention. Uh, are the Lakers your your next team? No, they're okay, not. Okay, they're not so so honor, honorable mention. I am definitely mainstream uh, <laughs> media. Hook hook me up to the LeBron James at the five, uh, Beasley at the four, Ingram at the three. You know, whoever Hart, KCP, and then Lonzo. That five yeah. man. I'm not even kidding. That is awesome. Uh, I I am definitely here for that. No, this this Rockets <laughs> five man lineup is like worse than than the the, the eight win <laughs> Charlotte Bobcats uh, lineup. I mean that is their. Their projected win total, I assume, for a Brandon Knight, Michael Carter Williams, James Ennis, Carmelo, Marquise Chris five man, I assume that's going to be like a, like a, a eleven win pace. Like that five man lineup gets outscored by by twenty six points per uh, hundred possessions. That's it. So you you've watched a lot of James Ennis in the I past have. as a Grizzlies fan. Is he good? Because I I had heard him. I had gone into last season with the impression that. James Ennis was like a hidden treasure of the NBA. And that seemed like it was not the case last year. He is not good. Yeah. Two, <laughs> the caveat, though, is I thought the Grizzlies should have kept him. I also didn't understand why other teams didn't get him. He's like, you know, he, he's the, the poor man's version of, of just a, a, a wing with good size, which uh-huh. there's a scarcity of in the NBA. So it is strange when you're like, this guy's six, seven or whatever, and he can play f- like he can play the three. He can, he, he isn't lost yeah. as a small forward and he can hit three pointers at an okay rate. Uh, and he can uh-huh. defend just fine. It does seem like he should be 
more in demand. But you got to look at the Grizzlies didn't use him when they had him. They traded him to the Pistons, where we thought he would be great on the Pistons. He barely, he, he didn't, he wasn't good on the Pistons. So it does seem like everyone, every fan base works himself up, and even national writers work themselves up into like, oh yeah, James Ennis, he's underrated. He's a great fit uh. here. Like, eh, I feel like he should have done a little bit more. But I, again, he's going to get wide open looks on the Rockets. It, it is. It, yeah. it does seem like a, a great signing for the minimum. So I guess it I'm, seems like yeah, it seems like he could work for sure. I'm speaking well, out like of both it. sides of my mouth, but like <laughs> yeah, he's he's not good, obviously, but, but he's, heard, he's definitely going to be fine. I've, I've heard people say like, oh, I love James Ennis, and I'm kind of like, I don't no. know where that when that would have happened. Um, but what he, I like about this Rockets lineup that you put together is they're they're all like 20% worse at shooting than they think they are. <laughs> so you've got to line up with like a lot of confidence where every guy has given himself the green light to bomb. Do you have any idea what uh, Michael Carter Williams shot from the field last season? His field goal oh percentage <laughs> was what, like mid mid forties. Do you know what quadrant what uh, what's the first <laughs> number? What's the, what's the tens column? <laughs> now I, I was going to say like, 42 43 but now i'm thinking he's he's in the 30s okay well he last sniffed the 40 percent uh category <laughs> in 2015 on, on the oh bucks. my god uh in 2016 with the bulls he shot 36.6 percent from the field last season on the hornets 33 percent from the field oh my god 33 percent from the field <laughs> i mean that's yeah that so, is mind-boggling. It is mind-boggling. How had, does anyone do that? I also had thought that Brandon Knight was a good shooter, and I think it all came down to seeing him hit a bunch of game-winning shots in college. And then oh. I looked at his pro stats, and it's like, oh, he just he doesn't pass or shoot. He hit he hit thirty eight percent one season. He had that season uh-huh. where we talked about it on our we had a trivia episode like a week ago on Fast Break Breakfast where it was like which players have averaged seventeen points per game, five assists per game, and hit thirty eight percent of their threes on five attempts per game. And it's a very small list. You know that's a very arbitrary <laughs> cutoff. But it's like the Steph Curry's of the world. But Brandon Knight yeah. has has one of those seasons uh, where James okay. Harden does not. Steve Nash does not. So <laughs> like that's where we got that excitement. But outside of that, he's been an, an average shooter. He's been like a thirty five percent three point shooter. Yeah. So yeah, Brandon Knight again. He's gonna get wide open looks. I don't know what Michael Carter Williams does. Marquise Chris. The idea of pairing him with James Harden and Chris Paul theoretically you're like oh they can teach him where to go they'll throw him lobs like he'll have the easiest mm-hmm. like opportunities he's all, ever had all but, he has to do is run to the rim yeah right but that also assumes like the guy has any feel for the game of basketball whatsoever which yeah. is big question mark i'm and, fairly sure he hates basketball yeah i like I mean, the, the only- <laughs> yeah I like that the Suns were like, we need to, we need to get some locker room guys. Our, our franchise isn't going really well. Uh, let's trade to draft this, this malcontent from Washington who uh, has these red flags. <laughs> and let's pair him with a, a, a Serbian child, a giant <laughs> Serbian child. Right, right, right. All right. Uh, Sean, who's your, who's your third, who's your third and perhaps final uh, five man lineup yeah. you're looking for? So I want to see I want to see a lineup that gets a lot out of their teams, but also inspires a lot in other people. And I think this might be 
the five-man lineup in the league that makes opponents the angriest or at least is like the most potential for uh, a shoving match. Okay. Uh, I'm talking about the Washington Wizards. Oh, yeah. And I think you got to go now, – now, now, I would say I think you want to go John Wall at the point. You want to go Austin Rivers at shooting guard, uh, Kelly Oubre at the three, Markeith Morris at the four, and uh, <laughs> the NBA's uh, MHP, the most hated player, almost 10 years running now, Dwight Howard at the, four, at the five. And I think you, you even have some options with Bradley Beal off the bench if you want to like, have a different dimension of annoyance. But That's... also, like, I think they're feisty enough they might, they might even fight each other as easily as they fight any of their opponents. I mean, honestly, what you've listed is an incredible lineup. <laughs> Kelly Oubre underrated. I mean, I mean, he had that he had that fracas with Kelly uh, Kelly Olynyk, the mm-hmm. battle of the battle of the Kellys a couple years ago. Yeah, uh, th- in the playoffs, that th- th- was that was really incredible. I think you have assembled, yeah, strong lineup. I don't know what he's like. Kelly Oubre is like otherwise. I, I don't hear bad things about him, but like the Wall, Rivers, Markeith, and Dwight Howard, that four man, mm-hmm. un- unbelievable. I'm actually scouring. Uh, <laughs> is there anyone else that I may have forgotten is on, is on the Wizards that, 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 well, can, they got, that can step I mean, into I that? Think, I really feel like Joey Devine, uh, my my Rondo Rock co-host, was saying he was looking at the roster. Oh, Jeff Green. Said, I, maybe, yeah, Jeff Green. Although Jeff Green is so Jeff nice. Green, he thought he would have to be the team captain. <laughs> yeah, I think so. <laughs> because no one else is calm enough. Like, I don't – I kind of feel like I've seen Jan Mahinmi shove guys for no reason too. Uh, yeah, but that could have been like losing his balance more than <laughs> thuggery. Uh, yeah, Jeff Green is one of the I think one of the NBA nice guys. So that doesn't mm-hmm. that doesn't really work. So it's really funny. This Wizards team I almost put on for for actual basketball reasons. The, a well, lineup but- just just a lineup. The the Markeith Morris at center lineups with Otto Porter at the four. Uh, oh yeah, Uber, Uber at the three, and then Beal and Wall. That's that's beautiful. And even I mean, if uh, John Wall is hurt or or, or skulking, uh, uh, Tomas Sadaransky in there, like like a Sadaransky, oh, right. Beal, Ubre, Porter, Markeith Morris. That's beautiful basketball. Like I actually really like that. Uh, but I do like what you've assembled. I think the the, the lineup you got is great. The Wizards' starting lineup has been just extraordinary. It's weird how they haven't had any competent bench players at all because I think for about two years running any lineup that just had their regular starters with Gortat or um, it, especially the one where Morris played the five and Ubre came in with Porter was very difficult to stop last year. They just didn't play together that much last year, I think. Yeah. And their bench has just been such garbage for a couple of years. What, what I don't get is last year it felt like they had good guys off the bench. Like Mike Scott had a real good season uh-huh. for them. Like Kelly Oubre, everyone seems to be pretty into. And then it's it feels like they should have done better with their bench. But getting, yeah. I mean, Austin Rivers is a punching bag as far as jokes. He's a good player. Like he can score. He shot the three ball really well last year, especially off the dribble. So it's like, it seems like they have so much talent. But man, is Scott Brooks the man to uh, <laughs> the right chemist in the lab to make sure these uh, these elements don't combust? <laughs> Yeah, because it just seems it seems so much explosive potential in every positive and negative sense of explosive. 
Yeah, so that's gonna that, that's gonna be great to watch. Well, uh, honorable mention. Do you, you have do you have any others that, that maybe <laughs> you were on? Yeah. I had a couple other ones. Um, I wanted to see what I called the abstinence only lineup in Orlando, okay. which is the <laughs> the Gordon Bomba Isaac front court, that's which should good. be very very interesting athletically, but also cannot shoot at all. And basically it just keeps everyone from scoring. <laughs> hey, <now>. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's I don't it. even remember who their guards are. Uh, really, D- though, D- DJ St. Augustine. I mean, you know, maybe, Oh you yeah, can, that's, you could work in. Yeah, I, I guess I'd I'm play, not, I feel like oh, Fournier's not the right man. I don't want to stereotype. I think he wants Simmons at the two. Oh yeah. Jonathan Simmons at the two. And then, uh, am I work? Yeah, Ter- Terrence Ross. He, uh, he he has multiple games where he surprisingly didn't score any points, so he could he could fit into the <laughs> yeah, non-score. Yeah, he would fit in there. He That's he good. has he has surprisingly abstained from scoring on several times where he's played. Yeah, uh, like like a lot of minutes. <laughs> he is an all-star in our uh, iShop league for negative fantasy. Where he oh, uh, that's incredible. Well, he, where he puts he, up a lot of minutes. Yeah, right? yeah. he'll, play, he'll play 26 minutes and not score, and you're like, what? <laughs> like, how do you even do that? So yeah, he, he's one of the most valuable players there. There's a lot of teams where I could put together like four man lineups that I like devastatingly wanted to see, but then uh-huh. again, much like your Nuggets roster, it didn't make sense to my brand. Like the Bulls are that way. Like I really want to watch Chris Dunn, Zach Levine. But then I don't know, like, and Wendell Carter, Larry Markinen. Yeah. But Jabari yeah. Parker doesn't make sense with them. I don't yeah, want to like, watch Denzel Valentine Holiday. play. Yeah, no. yeah. It's like, that's, yeah. Uh, that's, that seems odd. Um, so, yeah. And then, again, like, the, the mainstream ones where I was looking at, oh, oh, like, maybe not mainstream, but, like, a team that's going to be actually good, like the Pacers. Uh-huh. I do actually want to see uh, Darren Collison, Oladipo, Tyreek Evans, Thad Young, and Miles Turner. Like, I, I like. Oh, that is a good lineup. Like, that's a I, good I mean, lineup. And apparently, like Miles Thad Turner's, Young is incredibly I underrated. I love Thad Young. I love that guy. He's so good. He's like he. My basketball game is like the very, very bad, you know, white guy pickup version of his game. Like, like yeah. all scrap, can't really shoot, but you know, just does stuff. Like, like. I, so yeah, I, I definitely have a. I feel some kinship to him. Uh, I feel like guys like him who don't necessarily excel in any particular facet of the game, yeah. but aren't bad at anything. Right. Or it kind of end up being underrated. Yeah. Like, like he's a guy that obviously he's not like a LeBron James stopper, but there's not that many guys in the league that can guard him for like 12 minutes and be okay. Right. And actually have offensive ability too. He he also had, what was it where the, didn't the Pacers tweet like the most oh, that hilarious, insane, like 3,500 rebounds and it was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. 70. <laughs> and there's four <laughs> players in NBA history. It was the most that. arbitrary cutoffs, like 172 steals. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's an insane Vlade Divac stat like that too, where, where it's like Vlade and, Wilt and Kareem, but it's it's some very strange weighting of assists that you have to do to get you there, where it's like Vlade, uh, like Akeem, and then the other centers are just like guys who played for over 20 years and just accidentally racked up that many assists. The next the next barrier we have to cross with these arbitrary stat cutoffs is to mix and match per game, per 36, and, and total. Oh. Yes, like he's the only perfect. guy with a hundred <laughs> rebounds in his season, uh, one steal for thirty six minutes, and average eight points per game with like, a PER <laughs> of over seventeen. Right, right, right. Yeah, that's where you got to be like, and that is my argument 
why Jody Meeks is an underrated player. <laughs> you can read my essay on why David Lee belongs in the Basketball <laughs> Hall of Fame. That's right. Oh, that's great. Hey, well, Sean, thanks for uh, taking time to come on. What do you got coming up this week? We, we have a Round Ball Rock podcast to look forward to coming up. We got a we got Round Ball Rock pod on Friday. And then uh, you can check out – I had some stuff on – Yard bar, it's some comedy and basketball writing. So there's a, I have a piece about the 25 best players who aren't in the basketball hall of fame. It's pretty fun. You can Ooh. see on yard barker. And can you, can you, can you tease gotta, any of that? Can we tease any of that content yeah. in there? Oh, uh, who's, who's the, well, Vlade is one of them. Yeah. It's a lot of like, it's what I would say is there's a lot of guys who were really good defensive players in the seventies and eighties. That is, that's like the, the blind spot of the hall of fame. The the uh, Tony Allen 1.0 Bobby Jones, who was Ooh. first team all defense like eight times, and uh, he he's like oh, there's this is a lot of like weird fascinating stories, and then there's um a guy who was like an eight time uh, Minneapolis Lakers All Star. Uh, my my eyes glaze over when you say teams that don't exist. Yeah, well he the only <laughs> I mean he's like. I basically picked him because he made an insane number of all-star appearances, but there's an amazing story about uh, the 1960 Lakers crashing their plane into a frozen cornfield and everyone was totally fine. But uh, this guy was such a notable, just crazy drunk that when he called his wife about it, she got really mad at him (laughs) and was like, why don't you call me back when you sober up? And he's like, I love you. We survived this plane crash. And she's like, (laughs) We need to talk about your drinking. (laughs) Well, there's, there's, that's not a conversation you want to put off, Sean. I mean, yeah, yeah, exactly. In in her defense. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) All right, man. Well, uh, everybody check that out. And again, I look forward to talking with you soon. Great. Thanks a lot, Keith. All right. Thanks to Sean coming on. You can follow him on Twitter at Sean Keen. S-E-A-N-K-E-A-N-E. He's one of my favorite NBA Twitter buddies. Very funny. Warriors fan, but uh, an OG Warriors fan. So it's all good. Check out the Round Ball Rock podcast. If you like Fast Break Breakfast, you will probably also enjoy Round Ball Rock. All right, to support the show, remember, download the Draft app, draft.com slash fastbreak. Use our code fastbreak for a free entry into a money game. You can challenge me head-to-head if you want. My username is fastbreakbreakfast. If you want more John and Chuck, bonus episodes are going up behind the paywall at patreon.com slash fastbreakbreakfast. You can sign up for just a dollar, get access to a lot of bonus content, and submit your questions to the croissant questionnaire if you'd like. But if you want those bonus episodes, if you want to join our Slack chat, you want to play fantasy basketball, you can get all that for $5 a month. Patreon.com slash fastbreakbreakfast. You can follow us on Instagram, on Facebook, and on Twitter at fastbreakbreak. All right, you guys are the best. Thanks for listening. And remember, breakfast is the most important thing. Yeah, never apologize for being G and G. Fast break, break, man. You understand? <laughs>